0: Hello, it's Jared from Transform Your Teaching. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to our podcast. We have had an absolute blast putting it together for you. We hope you're enjoying it as much as we are. We have a survey that we'd like you to fill out for us to help us to improve because we want to serve you and hearing from you will help us improve the podcast to serve you better. Just follow the link in our description and in the show notes, it won't take you long to do. And we really do value your feedback, so please fill it out for us. Thanks in advance, and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Transform Your Teaching Podcast. The Transform Your Teaching Podcast is a service of the Center for Teaching and Learning at Cedarville University in Cedarville, Ohio. We seek to inspire higher education faculty to adopt innovative teaching and learning practices. Thanks for joining our conversation. Welcome to Transform Your Teaching here on the campus of Cedarville University in Cedarville, Ohio. My name is Jared Piles and with me is Dr. Robert McDowell. Hello, Mr. McDowell. Hello, Doctor. Mr. Dr. McDowell.
1: It's good to be here today.
0: Is it? I am enjoying it. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad you're here as well.
1: I'm looking forward to this conversation.
0: Me too. We are continuing our series on technology integration. We're calling it the what, the why, and the how. We've talked about the what. We've talked about the why. Now we're talking about the how. The how. How to do technology integration. And we're going to attempt to summarize it in 20 to 25 minutes. No promises, though.
1: No, and especially since this is really, Jared, your area of expertise. Matter of fact, you just finished a literature review on technology integration. Specifically,
0: was it it just technology integration, or was it? It was technology acceptance and adoption and its usage in higher education.
1: So technology integration would be the... Big umbrella. Right. Your particular focus was on
0: acceptance. Right. So technology integration, one would assume that if a professor or an educator is integrating technology, they're already past the acceptance and adoption, acceptance or adoption stage, especially adoption because here we go, lit review time, clicking in gear, here it goes. Acceptance in the literature is usually the decision to use okay adoption is the actual usage based on the literature and the definitions that i have come across and synthesized through all these articles so acceptance may be integration but adoption for sure is integration in some way
1: they have made the
0: choice they have not only have they made the choice they have started using
1: they've started using it and so that leads us to how Right? Yeah. How do they use it?
0: Well, there are many different ways online learning and technology usage blew up whenever COVID hit. That was a big step in the integration direction. Mm-hmm. People were what, forced to use it. Yeah. And sometimes it takes forcing people to use a technology for them to start, you know, actually using it. Obviously, it's not the best way of getting people to. No. You know, you want some sort of intrinsic buy-in from them yeah. to use technology. Um, and we should say, before we go into this, that the technology we're talking about is specifically, I still haven't found a good way of defining this, but it's technology that's not skill-based. You know, I talk about audio production a lot because that's where I originally came from before I went to education. Mm-hmm. So the type of technology we're not talking about in the audio realm, for example, would be audio editing software, being able to use a board correctly, being able to dial in EQ, stuff like that. We're talking more specifically about, it's weird, it's like the technology that wasn't, it's either wasn't intended for educational purposes or education integration like Office, like Word, Excel, PowerPoint, or it's technology that is solely built for that purpose. So well, like, how,
1: how do you differentiate that as not a skill then?
0: Because it's universal. For example, using the office suite would be something that's universally done by almost all skills and traits in some capacity. Okay. Specifically like anything in the electrical engineering or chemistry labs. As an audio person, I'm not going to do that. The technology we're talking about is more universal in usage. More general. Yeah, more general. Okay. That's probably a better way of looking at it and saying it that way. There is a lot of different frameworks for technology integration. The one that is more common and the one that I think most people, at least in the integration world, are familiar with is either SAMR. or I say SAMR. S-A-M-R is the acronym. And it was introduced by Ruben Puintadora. Back in 2014, and it has four levels. So, Rob, in your mind, Mm -hmm. if you can picture four empty rectangles right now stacked on top of each other. All right. Okay.
1: Can they be Lego bricks? Because I'd like them to be Lego bricks.
0: They can be Lego bricks as long as they're big enough you can write in them. Okay. I want you to write things into them as well. They're Duplo bricks. They're Duplo bricks. (laughs) Yes, they're the big ones.
1: I have four Duplo bricks. They're okay. red.
0: Are they? Okay. Do you have a black Sharpie that you can? I do. I okay. have a black Sharpie. On the very bottom one, I want you to write substitution. 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 So okay. right above that is augmentation. All right. So substitution, augmentation.
1: I'm with you. Augmentation.
0: Modifications above that one.
1: Modification.
0: And right at the very top is redefinition.
1: Oof. Okay, redefinition.
0: So Substitution, augmentation, modification, redefinition. Samr. As, as we yeah, Samr, good. Samr, good. Samar. You're learning. That's great. Thank you. So as we go up, the more complex our technology integration. These are all levels of technology integration. And the further we go up, the more complex it is.
1: I just want you to know that while you're doing that and you're in the studio, you're showing me that I'm. I also have in my mind. A Duplo person that sometimes has an arm, uh huh. And every time he was just like, boom, substitution, boom, augmentation, putting his hand right next to it, you know, with that little C cup of a hand. Yeah, right. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm glad I can provide that for you.
1: It was great. He's got the police. I'm a Duplo cap. character, he's got the police cap on because that's the one I like the most.
0: All right, you got the four levels. I'm, I'm good. I, I'm a Duplo character with my C hand. Okay. Let's define them. Substitution, and this is all according to the integration model. Substitution is a direct substitute with no functional change. So you're using technology as a one-to-one replacement.
1: So, like, what would that be?
0: Well, we have an analogy that we can use. Okay. Bacon.
1: Oh, I right? like bacon.
0: We haven't eaten lunch yet. So no. this is going to get really this bad. This is going to get hard. Okay, here we go substituting bacon it would literally be like you go to Cracker Barrel Uh and they're like do you want sausage and you go can I have bacon instead yeah sure that's one-to-one that's that's a one no functional change you know bacon is still going to kill you as quickly as sausage will just a different form of pork different form of pork right Uh, that's That's substitution all right so a one-to-one replacement all right and Educational purposes, let's say it's you take your paper handout and you turn it into a Word document. You don't change anything. Instead of printing it out, you just throw the Word doc into Canvas or whatever. It's a link. It's a link.
1: You can download it. Correct.
0: The next level, augmentation. This is, it's still a direct substitute, but there's some sort of improvement that's been made.
1: How can you improve bacon?
0: Well, you don't improve the bacon. You improve what you put the bacon onto, right? Oh, So let's say you have a sandwich and you add bacon to a sandwich.
1: Oh, like a subway club. Oh, that's not really a good example.
0: Well, it's still adding bacon to something to enhance it. Mm. That's what that would be. So that's augmentation. If you're looking at an educational purposes, you think of like you take that paper handout that you turned into a word document, but now you add an element of students collaborating with it online, okay. It's a functional task, but you're augmenting the. So
1: they can task. all see each other, kind of like what what we Correct. can do with with documents. Okay.
0: Right. They work together. All right. Now modification is allowing for the technology allows for a significant redesign of the task. So redesign the task. Let's do the bacon thing. Okay. Right? Let's say we take bacon and we take something horrible like a vegetable. Oh yeah. Like, like a Brussels sprout. Brussels or, sprout. Or whatever. I think Brussels sprout. Brussels sprout's is. Are you going to wrap
1: that in bacon?
0: You're going to wrap it in bacon. Yeah,
1: that's the only thing that's going to make that Brussels sprout.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you're significantly redesigning the Brussels sprout. Mm. And you're making it better. Oh, yes, you are. With bacon, definitely making it better. Or you take something great like a filet mignon and you add the bacon around that as well. Ooh. You're just redesigning it slightly. An example in education for modification would be the converted paper handout that you made into a Word document now contains videos and clickable links that help the group answer the questions that are in that handout. So Instead of them relying on the textbook and your lecture to answer the questions, now they're going to external links, they're going to peer-reviewed articles, they're going to videos to help them answer those questions in addition to The material you've already provided for them.
1: So it adds this in this particular instance, it adds like a level of media that you didn't have before, plus interaction with that media instead of just text.
0: Yes. Correct. Okay. So a lot of people hang out in the modification world when it comes to tech integration. The step the biggest step, the most complex is redefinition. The technology allows for the creation of new tasks that were previously inconceivable that you couldn't accomplish without technology before. That's kind of hard. It's very difficult. And this, I think, is where the bacon analogy kind of doesn't work. It stumbles. It stumbles a bit because bacon's great, but you can't redefine something with bacon. The only thing that I could come up with was bacon jam or ground-up bacon that you put in a patty of ground beef before you. But even then, it's like... It's still a hamburger. It's still a hamburger with bacon inside of it. It's still Yeah, I can't think of something that if you... Or, sorry, augmentation. Yeah. I do have an educational technology example of this. You take... If you can't tell, we're building on that one-to-one paper handout turned into Word. So now, this paper handout has become an interactive... Choose Your Adventure Portfolio using Word. Oh. Containing hyperlinks. It's called a hyperdoc. So you've got all these different hyperlinks or website links that you have, that people can click on to go out to. Where, again, the groups collaborate, share resources and videos. You make it available for public consumption. It's almost like a
1: website in in, in a way.
0: It is a website basically in a Word doc. Um, So
1: you've completely transformed a Word doc, you've redefined even though that's the basis of what you're using, and you've turned it into something
0: completely different. Right, and it's it's difficult to get to that redefinition level. Some would even argue that's still, you know, modification. Uh, when I taught uh, high school, I could only sit in modification. I tried to push to redefinition, but it takes a lot of creativity, a lot of time to sit down and go, how can I really push this in a way that's never been Use before. Mm. A lot of people say just if you just publish it, that makes it redefinition. Like if you take a, if you have your students do a podcast or a YouTube video and you just make it available for public consumption, that's something you couldn't do without the technology before.
1: Let me, let me ask the big question. Our faculty are listening and they're like, ooh, this is interesting. They're talking about bacon. Um, Yeah, exactly. But, but really, what's the point of of technology acceptance of this model? How does this, how does this help me as an instructor? Why should I know it?
0: So it helps you enhance your instruction, and it helps you be conscious of how you're using the technology in your classroom. It's almost like the, you know, we've talked about Web 1 and Web 2 and Web 3 mm-hmm. in our conversations before, and maybe we should define those, where Web 1 was more the user is just consuming Web 2 was the first time you could see actual interaction mm-hmm. between like Facebook, social media is Web 2. Uh, creating blogs was Web 2 where it's not just the user consuming, it's the user contributing and consuming at the same time. Web 3 I don't have a good definition for. Do you have a good definition for Web 3?
1: Well, web 3 is is really built on computer algorithms and the interaction of those algorithms with the user. So AI, artificial intelligence. Okay. Uh, and then it also has to do with the validity and um, accessibility of data. So value creation or value uh, exchange, like the blockchain, Bitcoin. You know, okay. We've talked about that before. So those two technologies or those two, what seem to be modifications are also in some ways, they are... Uh, a redefinition, yeah, uh, of and because you're redefining how value is exchanged mm. with Bitcoin or or something of of the sort there, and then you're also with AI, you're redefining all sorts of things, you know, which is another podcast in and of itself.
0: So if we bring that back to Samar, we could say that the lower level, the substitution and the augmentation, are more of the Web 1.0 yeah. versions where yeah. it's just students are consuming yeah. information, right? But it's the more you push towards modification, you're getting more into Web 2.0 where they're working together. They're con- Not only are they consuming the content, they're also contributing to it. Yeah, they're, they're producing on. something. They're producing something yeah. as well. And that's also perfect with like Web 3 being such a, like your definition. I'm like, okay, I get that. But also it's really over my head and involves AI and a lot of complicated things like Bitcoin and blockchain, all that stuff. And you could say that's also redefinition as well. And it's, it's difficult to reach that as an educator.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what, what, what faculty and teachers, not just in higher ed, but K through 12 do with Web3. I, I mean, obviously, if you take a look at the news right now, it's going to scare a lot of people. Yeah. There are a lot of people afraid they're going to lose their jobs? You know, if we have AI and it's that smart, why do you need me? Those kinds of questions. The reality is you still have your job. As much as, you know, the news that you see says otherwise, the reality is you still have to have somebody that knows what they're doing so that if you're using that kind of technology, you can tell if it's gone wrong or not
0: because it does go wrong. And there have been studies done with technology integration and just like you talked about where how do um, faculty respond to using technology, something like Web3 um, or AI and stuff like that? A study done in 2020 showed that, and it's focused on educators of pre-service teachers, so those undergrad students that are wanting to become teachers, they're mm-hmm. pre-service educators. Right. Those educators were only using technology at the substitution and augmentation level, so the lower level stuff. Right. So then- how do we, as educators, push ourselves into creating tasks that involve that modification and redefinition? Ooh, it's hard.
1: Yeah, because I mean, the biggest, the I think the biggest uh, roadblock is time. Yep. Um, you know, everything that I've seen from my colleagues here at Cedarville, others that I know of, I'm familiar with. Even in you know, especially in the K through twelve as well, is like their days are pretty prescribed, first Mm. off. And then secondly, there's been such a mass amount of technology that they're having to use anyway, that they're overloaded. And so their time is precious. And so they've got to make decisions on what's the best use of my time. And when you when you tend when your brain tends to get overloaded, that's a stress point, right? You're going to go with what you know, you're going to go with what makes most immediate sense because it will solve your immediate problem, and so you're not really thinking down the road you you don't you just ignore that because you don't have time to think about it. so the only thing I can say is those things that are important to you are the things that you put on your calendar. I would say you know just like a biblical principle, you need to spend some time sharpening the saw or the or the tool right if the axe is. If you've sharpened the axe, then the work is easier. So at some point you need to probably put some time in into your actual calendar. Put it on your calendar and nobody else can mess with you. And you've got time to do some research. You got time to look into maybe some pain points that you have in your class and you can say, Can technology solve help me solve a problem? Or maybe redefine my problem? Right. So I mean that's that's my first thought is time is the biggest Boundary or the biggest barrier, time usage, and you've, you're just gonna have to you're gonna have to put it in your calendar.
0: Yeah. The other thing I would say is that there are plenty of tools that exist, and we'll put a bunch of them in our show notes. But one that I think that can help faculty push, and we have here on our campus is Kaltura, video quizzes, interactive video pathways. That's really pushing the next level of technology integration. Right. You know creating tasks that previously were inconceivable without the technology. You talking about video pathways or one thing. Something else to add to that. Not only is it time, and this is going to be hard to hear, but you have to be willing to fail at using the technology.
1: Which again takes time because I know I know faculty at Cedarville, you know, many come to my mind and myself included, let's say you've got something that's working. It's been working for 10 years, right? You figure something out. And it's been pretty golden. It's still golden. Why, you know, the, the old adage, if, if it's not broken, don't fix it Yep. kind of thing comes to mind. So it definitely has to have what we say, parity. So you need to be able to achieve parity with something if it's new. And if you can't, then you probably shouldn't use it. Mm. And, I, and I know some faculty who will look at that, right? You know, like, did it save me? Did it actually save me time? Did it accomplish what I'm already doing? Most of them are not going to be satisfied with one-to-one. They need some augmentation. They need something that's going to save them time or exponentially better for the
0: learner. Or it could be learning from others as well. And that's another thing. I, you know, build a social network, be it on your campus and your department, or even, you know, Twitter is still the number one platform for educators to build that personal learning network. Mm -hmm. But, you know, maybe others have failed instead of you. So you don't have to learn. You can learn from their experiences or... You may end up being the guinea pig. That's what I was when I taught. Uh, I was the person that would trial the new technology and report back and say, don't use this. <laughs> or, here, here's what I did. Look how awesome. Look what my students you know, turned in because of this. And we, we talk all the time with our students that you know we don't want them to stop when they fail an exam. We want to help pick them back up. Right. You know, the old adage that failure isn't failure, it's feedback. We need to keep that same mentality when we teach as well. We try something that doesn't work, like a technology doesn't work. Don't just leave it and say, I'm never coming back to that. Try it again because it may end up working.
1: Yeah, I guess it reminds me of something that I think somebody said to Thomas Edison, you know, as he was trying to invent the light bulb, you know, you failed like a thousand times. And Edison said, No, I just know a thousand ways not to build a light bulb. (laughs) I mean, that's to the point. There's no way you get further along in anything without some sort of failure. The question is, are you failing in the right way? Are you, are you doing the right things? Are you trying? I mean, that oftentimes is the biggest piece, it's just just trying. Right. Just try a little bit. Doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be some huge thing, right? You don't it can be something small. You build on something that's small and attainable to try out. And then you just build on that. You just keep building on that momentum forward. And, and um, I think you can make it definitely to the modification stage. Yeah. But redefinition, that's still in my mind, rarefied error.
0: Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. So I think if we were to encourage faculty listening at this point, it's just take that next step. Yeah. Whatever it is, it could be sharing a Word document. It could be You know, adding a video quiz in Kaltura, it could be you're already at that high level and you want to push even further. Yeah. So I think that's a good takeaway for them as they listen. You know, we have a bunch of other stuff that we could share, but I think we can put that in the show notes. Some questions to ask themselves Mm -hmm. about what are some questions I should consider before I integrate technology? We can put that into our show notes as well. But really, it's just is the technology serving my students better in delivering this content? And if it's not, I mean, I'm not, I'm not one to say you should always use technology. If you find that, like you said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it's worked and you're seeing great numbers from your students, then by all means, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. But if if there's a chance that you could push a bit and get better returns or changing generations of students, there could be a bit of technology you could bring in that would bring them in closer as well.
1: Yeah, I think it's a matter of two, and we've talked about this before just amongst ourselves, is the same thing that drives a researcher. You know, whether that was when you did your PhD or even afterwards or you're you're working on a master's thesis, it's that question of of proving the null hypothesis of whatever that question, that research question that you have. Is there any discernible difference between my current state of doing a particular thing or adding this tool using this tool does it provide any discernible difference and you know the null hypothesis is always there is no difference and so you're wanting to prove that and if if you can't then you can evaluate oh it's either worse which it could be or it's better and if it's better then figure out ways to to bring it into your your arsenal of teaching
0: i think that's going to do it for us in this episode of transform your teaching. I hope you were inspired to integrate some technology. In our next episode, we'll talk with our user experience designer and editor, Lauren Eisler here at CTL, and she is going to add some meat to the statement, just because you can doesn't Doesn't mean mean you you should." should with technology integration. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Transform Your Teaching podcast. Please subscribe or follow us on your preferred podcast platform. For more information, you can email us at ctlpodcasts at cedarville.edu. Please consider subscribing to our blog, Focus, found at cedarville.edu forward slash focus blog.